Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And remember to include the name The Scoreless Thriller Podcast in your application. Thank you. Man there trying to stop Joe from getting himself into further trouble. It's not a bad ball for Pelle on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was. Carlos Alberto. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleton. Maldonado. of the scoreless thriller podcast i'm sorry it's been a while since we were last with you but we're delighted to be back aren't we leon we are mia culpa mia culpa it's we're I'm very happy to be would you say on the mic back on the mic back behind on the, mic. the mic behind the back. i feel like behind the mic sounds so much yeah, better yeah yeah back in the studio back in the studio which doubles as my living room <laughs> fair enough it's a good one i love it studio first living room second i like it okay it's good and we're pretty excited to have a special guest join us today We've got a real Dane, Mr. Yannick Hansen. Yannick, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you very much. I'm feeling very Danish. Are you feeling very patriotic and excited to talk about possibly the greatest day in your country's history? <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. I would agree to everything you just said. You were sounding a little unsure. You are like trying to think of a better day. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> was that really the best day? Or was it back when Bluetooth well, united all the Danes? I guess King maybe... Canute. I guess maybe when, uh, when uh, the Second World War was over was maybe equally up there. But yeah. apart from that, I would think that's pretty much it. A close second, maybe. Close second. <laughs> <laughs> Both wins over to Germans, I yeah, guess. Okay. But <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I was wondering who was going to say it, to be honest. So to introduce yourself, Yannick, and to establish some sort of uh, football credentials, I asked you to prepare uh, for two questions. The first one was, who was your favourite footballer when you were 10 years old and why? 
It was uh, Zico, a Brazilian uh, football player. He was uh, he was one of the best uh, players, and especially uh, during the nineteen eighty two World Cup. Yeah, we we enjoyed him. Quite we a got lot to time. admire <laughs> that one. His yeah. place uh, during that. Uh, he, he, World was, Cup. he was amazing, and uh, he was uh, he was sort of the uh, the guy that when we were uh, playing football uh, uh, during recess in school. He was the one that everybody wanted to be Zico. Were you practicing any of the skill moves that he showed off during that time? Not at all. Not at all. No, we were uh, we were just running in one big uh, lump of kids with one ball in the middle and just running around kicking. E- except for uh, a guy called Mess and a guy called Ellen who was uh, in a class lower. Okay. And Ellen uh, ended up playing pro football for uh, Brøndby and actually scored against uh, uh, Bayern Munich once. That's oh, very impressive. Yeah, he was very good. good. good he was very good. Fame. Yeah, yeah. He was actually he was a pro for many years before I realized it was the guy from one year lower. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just asking because I feel like nowadays every little child that gets to do a free kick like stands like Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. if you like it but, a bit. but also you can like now like kids can just watch youtube videos of players for hours and hours whereas for like back in yannick's day it was just like watching the world cup every four years and that was yeah exactly the whole exposure and to him even even you got one football game a week on telly yeah that, that was it and except if they're during uh a time of the the you know the world cup or european championships or when they were the the european cups then once in a while you got one more of those on top of the Saturday one from the from England. Do you think that then it was like more mystique then, sort of like around a player like Zico, sort of a kind of yeah because we didn't player that you we, don't never see exactly we didn't know him that well and back then he was playing in Brazilian football uh, so uh, actually I had to look up today if he actually played in Europe but he did he played in Udinese for a while but. Uh, um, Otherwise, he was playing in Flamengo in in Brazil, so we didn't. I, I, I didn't see him. I only knew him from the World Cup. Yeah. I knew that he was a great player from that, and uh, he was very hyped. Yeah, good time. pick. I like it. So, good pick. Okay, and what a, was cl- a close second would of course be Ellen Simonsen, uh, who was at the time one of the best uh, European players. Danish guy. He played at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach mm-hmm. for quite a while, and even at uh, at Barcelona, and I think. Was it sometime early eighties? He was the player, European player of the year, something like that. I forget. He said his Barca days anyway. And uh, you know when you got uh, your school books, we borrowed them from the school, and then you had this wrapping paper that you put on it to save wear and tear on the books. Books, and I had wrapping paper with the. So everyone was we, jealous. We played at Charlton as well at, at some point actually, at his later. He did what? He played for Charlton Athletic. In his later, oh, so so he came round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vile guy. And then, what about for your favorite game? My favorite game of all time. It better not be this one. Yeah, that would be it's, really boring if you picked no, this one. No, it's not. You had time it's, to uh, prepare, so <laughs> just just for the listeners to know. It was from I think two thousand three, um, and it was the last game of the season, and uh, there were two. It was we were talking the. Uh, third division in England and it was a matter uh, whether it would be Swansea City or Exeter that would go down there was one point in between them yeah so uh, Swansea could do with a draw and Exeter had to win 
And uh, in the Swansea squad, there was only one player who, uh, whose contract wouldn't run out at the end of the game. So it, everything was really weird. And the club was close to uh, being um, going under, going under, and things like that. And they won. Uh, they played against Hull, and mm-hmm. they won four two after trailing two one at some point. And uh, hat trick by uh, Thomas. I forget his first name. James Thomas. Yeah. Who was uh, at uh, Blackpool for a number of years, yeah. and was uh, born and raised in Swansea. Came back to Swansea to play for his home club to help save them from relegation. And I seem to remember he took like an eighty percent page cut or something like that. Uh, something like just, that. Just just to play just for his home team. For his home, home team. I don't know if he had many options. I don't know. Eighty percent page cut. And you have to go and uh, look up the last goal. It's okay. absolutely. But were, were you fantastic you were, goal. were you at the game or because you were living in Swansea at the time? Were you or? No, I've never lived in Swansea. Oh, okay. yeah. So what I is what visiting. is your connection to Swansea again? <laughs> It's uh, like, you know, every other Danish Swansea supporter, um, <laughs> if there are any. Um, when I was in school, we always watched the, the uh, match of the day from England in uh, Sportslader was the program. Oh, yeah, fantastic program. Uh, so every Monday, those of us who followed football, we'd be talking about football. And yeah. We'd be talking about that one game that we saw. Um, and then most of the other guys their dad would be supporting a team so they would support the same team so that would be Aston Villa Liverpool Manchester United and um, my dad watched football from time to time but he never really supported the team so they uh, so you had made, the liberty they, to pick whatever club pretty, club pretty much they basically asked me to pick one um, so we looked at the pools table and then I don't know if it was the W or the fact that they're from Wales or something they would just uh, stood out a bit so I chose them and that year they were actually in the old division two, so the second okay. best league. But they were doing really well, and that year they won promotion. So that's back in eighty or eighty one, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, once you pick a team, you know, you stick with it. Yeah, yeah. So your fanship fandom started on a high. The first season they yeah, actually got they, promoted. Yeah, and then they were in, trailing in the lower leagues for many years after that. They they were up for two seasons, I think. Yeah, in the old yeah. first division so it got more painful. Yeah. They had a few good years, like a decade ago, I guess, in the Premier League, and when they yeah won yeah the, yeah, won, yeah. The, won the League Cup. Yeah, that's the craziest thing. After this game, where they stayed up, it's only eight years later that mm-hmm. they uh, that they actually uh, made it to the Premier League, and actually there were let's see, yeah, there were two of the players on the books in that one game that also played in the Premier League at least or was it just the one at least uh, uh, Liam Britton he, uh, yeah I he, do remember Liam Britton was like there was something about yeah. that he played with them all the way up through the divisions in all four divisions yeah yeah he's, he's, a, he's a true legend and they had Roberto Martinez uh, was the, he was uh, playing that game as well as mm-hmm. a player that, uh, the one where they s- survived and um, or stayed up and then uh, he lay, later became player manager later manager and took them up to the championship I guess before yeah. Brendan Rodgers took over so, oh so Martinez didn't take them to the Premier League I'm not sure no no he didn't oh okay he, didn't. he went uh, for Wigan yeah at that stage yeah okay and then quick. I th- think we had one did we have one maybe two people before Brendan Rodgers I, I forget but it was Brendan uh, Rodgers who took them up yeah. okay quick interception just because we talked about this like briefly um, under which circumstances do you think you could quit being a fan for a team <laughs> Never. No, actually, no, no, no. So this, I, 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 yeah, I think so. 
I would like to think like morally if something it like it happens similar to you know sort of happened was possibly happening with Newcastle like when they were being taken over basically by the Saudi regime exactly or big investor or comes in like the yeah like the city thing I would I don't know I yeah. would probably have certain well, well see the thing is I don't know whether I would completely change who I support I don't know whether I would be able to switch to another team uh, you're okay. talking when you say city you mean men city yeah yeah well a good friend of mine the guy I was talking to uh, to earlier today he used to follow Man City and he basically stopped when they became so super rich that it got ridiculous yeah mm. and I, for me that's a fair point then it's not the club that he used to support anymore. yeah because yeah, they live like a, a different like an, yeah. Yeah, yeah they live a different idea of football then right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and then the question is is it still yeah. are you still able to support this idea then yeah yeah exactly but, but, but I wouldn't be able to switch to like another Premier League team or something. No, okay, so it's, just it, choose like a local team. Then rather yeah, just yeah. like rather than just like add on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll have like a side club, which you then support, and maybe eventually this will become the main focus of your yeah. football yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, sure, but I mean everyone has like clubs that other clubs in other leagues that they kind of will look out for. Or, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. like people in Ireland will maybe have a club from like the Irish league and also then from the Premier League. So it's quite common, yeah. I think, that like. Also in Denmark, right? People have no because yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's it's interesting in that regard. As you already mentioned earlier, oftentimes you'll kind of inherit the club that you support, right? It's because of your yeah. grandma or your father or whoever yeah, supports yeah, that yeah. particular club. Yeah. And then sometimes when you grow older, you might find out that like your politics or your idea of gameplay or whatever yeah. fits that much more better to a different club. Mm, then what yeah. do you do? I think it's like an, it is a very interesting question. Yeah, that's that's what you told me also when I asked you if you were because I knew you from Hamburg if you were high star or something. exactly yeah and uh, you sort of ended up on the wrong side in a way. Yeah, <laughs> this question is very personally motivated. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah. think we have the, the time to get into no, this no, no, no. today. <laughs> but but really but there will be a podcast on it because I think like this is a very very interesting yeah, topic. We, we should cover it one day. Some like themes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, those really good answers. You're off to a good solid start on your debut. <laughs> he's played a few kind of like safe passes at the start and now he's starting to express himself a bit more clearly. I love it. Yeah. My analogy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move forward with the quiz. Okay. So question one. Sorry for the pronunciation, Yannick, but what did Bran Bergen... Bran? Would you say Bran? Bran. Brun. Brun. <laughs> Brun. Yeah, I, I mean, it, Sounds like Brun, the crime series. It's like Bran from um, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Bran. The most Brun. annoying character Brun, in the Brun. show. Bran. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, in Norway, they don't use Bergen because everybody knows that Bran is from Bergen. So. Okay. It's just like, say, Hertha Berlin. If you say Hertha in Germany, everybody okay. knows them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. So. Yeah. Okay. What did Bran... <laughs> do between 1979 and, and 1986 that puts them in football trivia's books. A, they allowed fans into the Braun Stadium for free for all home games. B, they achieved six successive promotions and then won the t league title. C, they were relegated, then promoted, then relegated, then promoted, then relegated, then promoted, then relegated, then promoted. Or D, they had 29 different managers. In, in in six years was it six? seven years seven years. 79 to 86 and the question was that put them into the yeah, heart what of did the they fans do special 
Yeah. In in that time period. Yeah. I know that once a period when they did, they were sort of a what do we in Danish would call a yo-yo team. Yeah. Is that a? Yeah, that's okay. what you say. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, we don't say that in Danish. We say, <laughs> we say elevate, uh, you know, lift. An like, elevator. Team. Elevator. I love the metaphor though. A yeah. yo-yo team. Yo-yo yeah. is a lot better than elevator. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Good. Okay, then we'll go with a. But but the thing is, uh, um, there was also you said that there was another one. Uh, what was the third one? That was the. That was it. I, I don't want to read it out. Again. No, that was it. That was the promotion <laughs> and delegation. But oh, the other yeah, one was with the managers, 20, where they had like twenty-something yeah, managers. Twenty-nine different yeah, managers. That wasn't the one either. And the first one that was where they let in people for free. But yeah, what was yeah the and then they one? got like promoted, 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 yeah. and they actually won the league. Yeah, six successive promotions and then won the league title. Yeah, but there was one more, right? No, it's four. There was four. C was relegated and promoted. Relegated. Yeah, promoted. yeah, I got that. Yannick is not happy with the answers. Well, what was the B then? Six successive promotions and then won the league title. Oh yeah, I don't think it was that. <laughs> six six uh, consecutive, and they say which period was this again? Seventy nine and eighty six. I don't think so. I in my mind they they were in the top league most of the time during that period, so I can't see six. Oh, I don't know. I feel I, like I, you know a lot about this, so I, I'm kind of holding yeah, back, I, but also you seem very indecisive. I have okay, a, I'm going to have to... I have a good friend who is a fan he'll, he'll be disappointed, but I don't know. But okay. I don't think it's B. We have a time you don't, I don't think it's B either. So it's it's C. Yeah, let's go for C. C? Yeah. C is the right answer. Yes. <laughs> one from one. Question number two. What is the nickname of the Greenland national side? A, the Snowy Owls. B, the Arctic foxes, C, the polar teddy bears, or D, the penguins. I mean, Yannick, this is tailored Yannick to you. Yannick spent his summer in Greenland. <laughs> you have to know this. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll keep quiet in, and make, the, let you make the decision. I'm there in the national park. We're 500 uh, kilometers from the nearest settlement. I, so I only hear excuses. I, yeah. Actually, I, I don't know. I didn't know that they Where had. is your Greenland national team merchandise? I, I don't have one. I'm afraid, I'm ashamed to say I don't have a Greenland shirt. I should have. <laughs> but okay, then, then 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 pick, I pick. I don't know, but I guess Snowy Owl is my best bet. But I, I don't know why it should be that. Are you happy with Snowy Owls? No, I'm happy with Snowy Owls. Yeah. Snowy Owls is incorrect. Damn. The correct answer is C. The polar teddy bears. Oh. One from two. Where, where did you Where did you get this information? I never from, from the internet. Oh yeah, I felt it. Question number three. When Swede Stefan Schwartz. Stefan Schwartz? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, it's, no, it's good. It's signed good. for Sunderland in 1999. There was a bizarre clause in his contract. What was it? A. He was forbidden from space travel. B. <laughs> the training ground canteen would always have a fresh supply of Swedish meatballs. <laughs> C. He would be allowed to leave the club for free if more than two Danes joined the club. Or D. <laughs> <laughs> he was always allowed Wednesday afternoons off from training in order to practice his ukulele. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's oh. yeah. It all sounds uh, crazy, but it's a Swede, so it's gonna be the Danes. I, uh, that would be that would be the most fun, wouldn't it? It will be. I'm, the I'm most hoping fun. it's the Danes. Okay, it has to it be is. the Danes. Let's try that. Let's go for the Danes. The you are incorrect. Ah, the correct answer Meatballs. was A. He was forbidden from space travel. 
That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Why? Do, do we have any background yeah, story he, to this he'd one? He expressed, like, I think around the dawn of the millennium. Yeah. And there was, like, stuff that maybe space, commercial space travel would be, like, coming shortly. And he'd expressed an interest in it, and the club was... <laughs> No, none of our players are going to space. That is very careful. Was it just, was it tailored to him though? Yeah, was it yeah, yeah. only it was, for him? I don't think it was in everyone's Because he expressed contract. interest in this. Yeah, I think he like Particular endeavour. Like, yeah. That's like bonkers. <laughs> also, I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay, question number four. You're one from three, so you've got two more to bring it back. Ooh. The official mascot for the 1992 tournament was what animal? A, bear. B, Dog, C, bird, D, rabbit. Okay, I was born that year. Yannick, you watched I it. I think rabbit. You watched it. But also bird. That's very. Uh, that's not. No, but try precise. to try to remember. It I, has I, to be I, somewhere I, stored I, in your memory. Ninety-two. I think it was a rabbit. Like clear the dust of the old memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull it's them a, out. Yeah, there's these. Uh, I've heard that it helps when you try to like smell stuff and 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 like vividly remember songs and tunes of that. Yeah. So, so try to make it work, and then think of the mascot. I, I think it was a rabbit. It was a it's, rabbit. It's the only one that sort of okay. rings a bell. Rabbit is the correct answer. Woohoo! Okay, fantastic. Fantastic, Yannick. <laughs> I believe in us. So, last question. This is for the win. Question number five. The decisive one. In 1986, whilst playing for West Ham, Alvin Martin achieved a remarkable feat. What was it? A. Scored three first half own goals. <laughs> B. Got three yellow cards after the referee forgot to send him off after his second. C. Scored a hat trick against three different goalkeepers. Or D. Scored three goals. In three minutes. I have no fucking clue. What was his name again? Alvin Martin. Alvin Martin. Doesn't ring a bell at all. I, re I remember West Ham. <laughs> I feel like the silver lining in most of Alex's questions is that they were the most ridiculous ones that you could that you could <laughs> pick. <laughs> there are several. I mean, like, three different goalies. That's pretty ridiculous. But the the one with the three yellow cards. That's Sounds like something that he would pick up on. Yeah, so that yeah. happened at the twenty was it twenty ten World Cup with Graham Paul and the Australian guy. Oh yeah. no, the Croatia against the Croatia against Croatia against Australia, where uh, Simunic got three yellow cards. Yeah, all right. So then that wouldn't be unique. I mean, so maybe unique. see, maybe see. I mean, see your own goals. That's that's doable. Yeah, that, that's also pretty weird. That's also doable. Yannick, you decide. I mean, I feel like. You, you, you're on the right track. You're, you're the, you've got the lucky charm tonight. You think? I hope. Okay, I'm, I'm leaning towards the goalkeepers. So you do, okay. We'll try that. What do you think? I can tell you that you are correct. Ah. Woohoo! Won the quiz. Oh, it's Yannick been a while. Yannick. Quiz. He sweeps in and just like wins the quiz. He works his magic. I was uh, confident throughout. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do you want the backstory? Yeah, I want yes, the please. backstory. So the defender achieved this feat while playing for West Ham against Newcastle in 1986. His first goal came against Martin Thomas, who was the Newcastle actual goalkeeper. 
but who was forced off with injury. Martin then scored against defender Chris Hedworth, who got himself injured as well, which meant Peter Beardsley went in goal next, <laughs> who we scored on as well. And the Hammers won 8-1. Oh. <laughs> Quite a feat. Ah, I'm so taken aback that you've won the quiz. Yes, <laughs> this is lovely. Do we have like the eternal score? board for for me and friends against you no we should really we should put it up on the wall we maybe. should put it up I on the wall like, yeah i feel like my flatmate isla wouldn't really mind you know just a terrible maybe write just in, like, draw it on the wall like yeah, directly yeah, write in a marker on the wall yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about something yeah we'll think of something we'll, we'll come up with something all right euro 1992 the fairy tale that's so cool that that sounds good. I'm gonna keep keep that in. <laughs> so I when I started preparing for this podcast and doing some research, I found this uh, this video with all the goals from Euro 1992. Yeah, with some sort of amazing sort of 90s synth music over it. And I came to the realize I made two notes while I watched this video. Do you wanna Do you wanna hear my notes? No, no, share them with us, please. Yes. Thomas Brolin of Sweden had amazing hair. <laughs> Mullets were cool. Is this the same note? Oh yes, sorry, that's still part of no. this. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, that's, yeah, that's an add-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goalkeepers' jerseys were ridiculous, mm. and the moustaches were great. Even the referees had moustaches. Yeah. Is that how you remember Euro 1992? I have. I have to take issue with one fact. Uh, one of your points. Uh, Mullets were frequent, but they were they were not cool. <laughs> Mullets have never been cool. We, so we tend to in is... Danish we tend to call it Bundesliga hair. So, or Svenska Sound, sounds cool Swedish to hair. me. <laughs> Wait, you, why would you call it Bundesliga hair? Just because the German... uh, just uh, people had it. There was a lot of those in mm. German football back then. Yeah, yeah. Fukuhila. Mm. Exactly yeah. the Fukuhila. We we love that shit. Okay. 1992. So, <laughs> Euro 1992 is significant because it's also the last Euros where there's eight teams in it. But I think like an eight-team tournament feels so small and like quite an achievement for a team to qualify from for given it because I think there was like 34 teams tried to qualify for this one, whereas now I think there's about 50 mm. European teams. So it kind of comes this significant where it's sort of lots of uh, more European teams enter the with the breakup of sort of like the Soviet Union and also Yugoslavia yeah which um, which kind of marked the change also for you know the European tournament stuff and then also we cannot forget another things another thing that kind of was my first exposure to this tournament was a few months back on Twitter there was this quite viral uh, two minute like two minute 20 clip of just Denmark shithousering their way to victory by exploiting the back pass rule. Do you, do, do you remember this, Yannick? Yeah, there was a lot. Uh, there was quite a lot of uh, talk about it, and yeah, I mean, there were there were a lot of back passes, and I mean, it's not a big surprise, really. No, but it looks so that, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that yeah. I have to intercept, but this really bugs me. Like yeah, when yeah, I watch this now, like yeah, something yeah. in my brain just like screams, "This is wrong." Yeah, yeah. Stop yeah, doing because this. I think also with in, football, it's kind of usually because it's quite a simple game. Rule makers are usually quite reluctant to like make major changes to the rules and yes. stuff, sort of, or make like make you know do 
drastic things to change the rules of the game. But whereas you like watch the way like the simple change to the backpass rule just changed so much, mm. and there's so much less like dead time with yeah. the backpass rule, and also like the ball in play and goalkeepers' roles sort of changing drastically as a result, and what they had to do. Yeah, yeah, come, uh, yeah. I was just saying it. It intuitively makes sense to have the back pass rule. It just looks weird when the goalie can pick it up at any time and then yeah, just but waste. Say intuitively, that's a because minute. you grew up with it, right? I mean, uh, for us, it was intuitively made sense that if you want to uh, bring down the the the, the, the clock. speed of the game, then yeah. you would do some back passing to the referee. It was or the goalie. And that yeah, was but it's very, game, isn't so it very didn't... hard to play against it? Yeah, there is yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. There is a bit. If of you completely, where... if you completely exploit this, then you can take so much time off the clock if you just keep doing this. Absolutely, and that was just part of the game, uh, Bangor. That was just a fact of life, so to speak. Fair right? enough. I mean, but, now it, yeah. that was, and that's why they changed it. They wanted the game, get, and I, I'm not sure about this, but I think actually it had to do with uh, also trying to get America interested in in the game. Uh, because mm. uh, and one of the sort of uh, stereotypical things that most uh, Americans uh, feel about uh, football is that uh, that it's slow and it's boring, right? Mm. So they wanted to get some of the, at least that I seem to remember that was some talk about this back then. So you you can look it up and cut out this. Yeah, because it comes in because you know. it comes in like I think they had it in the Summer Olympics of this year, but it comes in in 1992, so literally yeah. like after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After this tournament, yeah, and then was it ninety four? I think was the World was Cup, the World Cup in the US, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that that was sort of uh, even even uh, changing the size of goals. I remember was being discussed. If if the, it's still the it the uh, it's a sport that the whole world is watching pretty much, right? Yeah, so because you, you probably don't need to change much. No, but I think also opinion. like there was after Italian 90 was quite well known for sort of like anti-football yeah. tactics yeah. and certain you know certain these kind of like time wasting and stuff yeah yeah so like even though there's like a lot of nostalgia and sort of among certain generation of people for like a night Italian 90 and stuff like if you go back and watch the football some of it is really hard to to sit <laughs> through plus uh now like did you feel did you f- did it feel the same as when you would watch like a normal game now on TV and stuff, or did you, or were you able to sort of were you very conscious of like the differences and stuff? Yeah, I can see the differences. I mean, there's the back pass rule, of course, but also uh, the speed. You know, I mean the 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 slower parts of the game back then uh, was a bigger part of the ge- the the of the match than it would be today. Mm. I would say, not necessarily. What is it? Because sometimes nowadays you'll have like strategic, very horizontal, vertical gameplay where they like just played up and down. Yeah. Like defender to defender to defender. And then it slows yeah. it down. And back in the days, I feel like they oftentimes made more use of the space and counter takes. So it felt like quite lively. I'd argue. I, I think this match in particular was quite lively. Yeah. But uh, when some of the other ones, the Denmark-France game, for instance, there's, there's yeah. a lot of dead air. I, I guess for me, like the most important difference is the athleticism of players nowadays. Yeah. Like you can see that they train every day with yeah, the yeah, yeah. best physios and whatever yeah. to be on peak performance. Yeah. And you can tell that back then that was not the case. Yeah, I think you see it mostly when they don't have the ball right. When you watch the top teams in the way that they press, like when they lose the ball. Exactly, yeah. They're able to like keep up this high tempo up until like the end of the game. Whereas, you know, 
you, when we watch some of the older games and stuff, you do notice how different the game looks from the first minute to like the seventieth minute. Whereas now, it kind of there's less of a kind of difference because they're so much yeah, absolutely more able to sustain themselves over yeah. the game. And that also, there was more uh, uh, more beer and cigarettes involved in their lives. Denmark initially did not qualify for the tournament. They finished second in their group to Yugoslavia, but Yugoslavia were first forced to pull out. I think it's a week. Is it a week or two weeks before the tournament? How do you yeah, recollect I, it? I think was it wasn't it two? Because I, I read I, I, I read one thing where it was like twelve days, and then another thing said maybe like ten or something. So I'm not sure when yeah. Denmark got the green light that they were to. It's probably something like that. Yeah, hop over, hop yeah. over the border. Yeah, but the crazy thing was the team, the the Yugoslavian team they were there they were in Sweden the whole team was there they were ready to play basically they were there to do like a like in a training camp yeah you know, like, uh, so yeah it, 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 looking back uh, that that's the one thing where I feel that maybe that's the part that I'm less proud of of this whole thing uh, is I thought these players were not the ones killing other people in Yugoslavia at the time so on yeah. uh, on behalf of those players, I, I feel they were really. I mean, uh, yeah, and the argument is that the tournament, at least at the beginning, was a bit, a little bit tainted by by yeah. by the, the the eruption of the civil war and what has been. What, Absolutely, what and Yugoslavia, both before that and during that time, was a great nation of footballing nation. Yeah. Yes. So it was in many ways a pity not to happen. Then they had great players, and it would have been. From from a sort of neutral footballer, uh, footballing fans' uh, point of view, it was a shame that they weren't there. Yeah, they were good to see, good to watch. Yeah, but so the the Danes stepped in. The Danes stepped in, but they were missing, they were missing, <coughs> uh, they were missing Michael Laudrup, which is. Yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, the there was this whole. Uh, uh, well. Because M- M- Michael and Brian Laudrup and also Jan Mulby had fallen out with the coach during the qualifying, but Mulby and Mulby and Brian came back for the tournament. But do you remember yeah. why they what they were? Well, uh, uh, first time uh, you mentioned this to me with Mulby, I actually I didn't remember that, so uh, <laughs> I, di- I didn't remember that he was part of this. Insignificant but... compared to uh, the Laudrups, I guess. <laughs> well. Uh, that... <laughs> I mean, he was a Swansea City man. Oh, no, no, I'm not No, no, but I, I just don't, I, I don't remember that he was part of it. But uh, the Laudrup brothers, they definitely were. And um, I think they didn't like the style of football that he was, that uh, Richard Müller Nielsen was. Was, uh, was uh, sort of uh, hoofball. Who was, yeah, it, it was uh, fairly sort Industrial. of. Industrial. Uh, <laughs> Give me one more. Give me one more. Give me one more. Yeah, I don't know. It was very agricultural. Agricultural is my favorite. Is it the agricultural? That's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Like describing opposite things, but still you get the same vibe when it comes to football. It's just insane. Rural, I would call it. No, that's a sophisticated no, term. No, it wouldn't use rural. Yeah, sorry, agricultural. No, yeah, but it was it, it was fairly it was fairly simple football. Right? Yannick, like, would you describe your own style of football as agricultural <laughs> or, my, or my industrial? More industrial. If you had to pick, which one of these would it be? 
Uh, so industrial, that sounds, uh, that's too efficient. For yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> Agricultural. Agricultural. A but, failing farmer. Very self-critical. Uh, yeah. so the, the speed of, uh, of, uh, of the grain grow. Uh, I feel like agricultural, yeah, agricultural sounds more laborious. You'll yeah. just run all the time, make it work. Yeah. yeah. Now, Sorry, it, you, we, were, we were talking about... Um, we are so good at digressions. <laughs> Brian, Brian, no, Brian Lauter played. Michael Lauter did not play, and he didn't like the football. They, they, yeah, and initially they both pulled out, and apparently Mulby as well. But they, uh, they didn't like his style of football, I guess, and they, they had. A, I don't think they had respect for him really, mm. and uh, he had a, a particular style, I would say, as well. And maybe, sort of, uh, socially, he was a, maybe a little bit awkward, or he had a special way of saying. Yeah, I watched like, one like a short documentary, and I like I, it's kind of hard. It's to be you don't want to be too unfair on someone speaking, obviously, in this second language but he doesn't come across as the sort of most charismatic or you do, I do get the impression like through it that he had this brilliant tactical plan which led Denmark to victory or is that being too unkind yeah I, d- I don't know I think actually he probably was quite good tactically yeah. but he was uh, definitely not uh, he was no uh, uh, master of uh, of uh, what's that called when you, you know he, he wasn't a big speaker yeah um, not a Jurgen Klopp Oh no no no! You, and he wasn't charismatic like that. He said, "Yeah, he has." There are some incredible quotes from him, but sometimes Please, it was not necessarily. Uh, uh, it wasn't necessarily meant to be funny, but sometimes it was. What are you, what are your favorite uh, What are your favorite of his quotes? Uh, I think it's uh, one of his uh, way he sort of uh, translated a Danish expression uh, word for word and uh, said to. Uh, to the press that they should screw down their expectations <laughs> <laughs> that's almost fantastic I don't know why but I, I'm, I'm reminded of Van Gaal when he was Manchester United manager and he, he wanted to just, like describe his team that they were like hungry for goals or something but he said they were like horny for goals <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it just like <laughs> You know what he means. Makes more sense than screwing down expectations, I guess. <laughs> Screw your expectations to the floor. Yeah, so, Denmark begin this tournament with a suitably uh, dour nil-all draw with England. Do you remember this this game? This was in Malmo, the first game of the tournament, a nil-all draw. Yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean... Uh, I mean, part of the story is also that, you know, that the, most of these players came back from holiday. The Danish players came back from holiday. And mm. even uh, uh, when they're gather, gathering the team and going to Sweden to, to warm up before the game, there were some, uh, quite a few other players were playing in the Danish league. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted which, to talk which was about. Play, we, they were playing at the time. There were games oh, featured. So the league was in, still going on. Yeah. And of course, they tried to have that postponed. But the league... Uh, yeah, basically the league, the sort of the the, the uh, association of the league clubs, they didn't want to uh, move those games. I love so they when have people to look incredibly small-minded in history, just like yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, the the only uh, thing I can draw on for the background to this is from this movie that was made of it, which I have no idea how much is dramatized. 
Dramatized. Dramatized. That's the one. Uh, but apparently the 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 coach at the time, the national coach at the time, and the head of the league association, they he he didn't like the coach. Oh, they had a fallout. Yeah, yeah, and there was some. This old coach is falling out with everyone. So, yeah. So, no, he actually no. They were just they didn't they didn't rate him. I think that was the thing. Yeah. And he just thought he was rubbish. And he didn't want to help him. And originally okay. they actually they they actually uh, had hired uh, a German guy, Horst Wohler or something like that. Um, and then it turned out that he uh, had actually signed for a club in Germany. And he couldn't be released, so they couldn't sign him anyway, and it was a big mess. And that's when uh, Richard Müller Nielsen came in. Um, and now I forgot why I went to that point. Because you were talking about Denmark nil England. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so uh, because some of those players hadn't even been part of the training yeah. camp for more than okay. a few days, there were no. We screwed down our expectations. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, we had no expectation. We basically thought that you know we're going to be trampled by any team because they're out of shape. They have uh, uh, they. You know, but at the same yeah, time, but that's what Jensen that, said, right? There was yeah. no pressure on the yeah. team. Yeah, exactly. but, he did, but he did say yeah. I, in the documentary that I watched that he, when he gathered the players together, he said we're going to Sweden to win the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, one thing I want to ask you about as well is that when I w- looked at like the squad list, yeah, there's like almost uh, maybe two thirds or more of the squad are playing in Denmark in Denmark at the time. Yeah. So I guess was the Danish league probably a bit stronger back then than it would be. Um, well, maybe the uh, Brøndby was definitely yeah a lot of them uh, were yeah a lot of them were playing for Brøndby right yeah and that was quite a big advantage also yeah and they they were they were good back then I mean they were probably a better team in European terms than any of the teams we have right now I would say yeah I'm sure there would be Copenhagen and Midtjylland supporters who would disagree but they're wrong. They don't listen to and you fans. regularly fight them on YouTube <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the comment section. Yeah. <laughs> But but either either way, um, I think also uh, most of the Danish players were. Uh, if you, if you look at the substitute bench, they were almost all the ones playing in the Danish clubs. Okay. So most of the foreign players. So the few foreign a, players were like the stars. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But it's not that few. I mean, there was quite a few playing in Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, so so. All, all the sort of big names they were playing abroad and then we played Sweden and lost oh yeah and uh, it was fucking Pauline who scored wasn't yeah. it and uh, and it was actually from memory at least it was fairly it was fairly close game that's what in, in the documentary they watched like the um, Schmeichel said he'd never been in a more disappointed uh, yeah. Danish dressing room afterwards because he felt yeah. like they dominated the game and that they still still lost still yeah. lost and that's the memory I have of the game as well that it was that was unlucky but that also meant that we thought that that's it. You know, we're not going to... Make if, it. If we can't beat the Swedes, who, uh, what can we you do? You can't, there's no chance beating the French. And then, then we were going to uh, play France. And there were even, uh, somewhere in the Danish media, I think even the, uh, the commentators after the game said something that even if we beat France, we're out of the, we're out of the tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, they must have been really bad at maths or something. <laughs> we, we, we weren't. Uh, so, uh, but apparently, according to, I, I think I saw the same documentary. Uh, uh, the uh, what the hell is that? Like sort of assistant coachy type person. He told the players, actually, we're not out yet. You know, if we beat France and if I can't remember, was it Sweden? Sweden beats England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, then we would 
still go through, you know. So it, it wasn't over, but it was going to be difficult, but it was, mm. wasn't over. And the French at the time had some incredible players, right? But I they think. very much under... So one of the things I read was... Um, Sivebeck? Sivebeck? Sivebeck, yeah. He was playing in uh, Monaco at the time, so yeah. some of the French players obviously uh, knew him. And uh, yeah. before the game, they told him, don't, don't tackle us too hard because we've got to prepare for the semi-final. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, cocky. Yeah, yeah, very cocky. And and they had an incredible player as well. Mm, they had they, uh, they'd won every single qualifying game, so yeah. they were. And they had uh, Pepin. Yeah, and uh, he he was one of these guys that just scored all the time at the time. You know, he was uh, an incredible goal scorer. And, uh, and anyway, they had an amazing team. Mm. And um, so, but you it, won. It, it you won. You won. Yeah, and it, it seemed almost impossible, but they, we actually started off uh, relatively decently and uh, got the first goal. Things seemed pretty good. And then Pepin, of course, scored. Yeah. And then, it, at least in, in my house, we all sat back and thought, okay, that's it, we're out. But then uh, he took off uh, Brian Laudrup and substituted him with Lars Elstrup, who at that time was playing in the Danish league. And we knew he could score goals, but we just said, no. Take out Brian Laudrup, the, the only really big star on the Danish team. Yeah, it seemed mad. And then of course Elstrup scored two one, became a legend for that mm. goal, and we ended up going to the semi final. And yeah, and then in the semi final you played the the brilliant sort of Dutch team that everyone was convinced before the tournament was gonna. Yeah, they were. They the did win. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, it was a team of world stars, right? I mean, they had they had all the big names back yeah. then. They were, yeah. I mean, Bikart and Hullet uh, uh, and Van Basten. Uh, yeah, Bautas. Uh, in the highlights that I watched, it was you know Schmeichel just pulling off save after yeah. save. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, it was like that in several games, but in the semi-final and in the final, there are some very, really crucial points of the game where he. Yeah, he was pulling his weight. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. But so <coughs> then, in the end, uh, do you manage? It was a two-all draw, and then you won on penalties, and we're in the yeah. final. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, did you think that, like, did people think that Denmark sort of chance in the final against Germany, or they were just kind of so happy just to get this far that they were yeah, over the moon of getting that yeah. that far? It was beyond anyone's dreams, really. But then again, I mean, after you win against the Netherlands, right? Everything seems possible yeah, yeah, at that point. Absolutely, you beat in the Dutch. That, but one of the things was also there were so many injuries in injuries and near injuries in the team that uh, uh, that even even in the press they knew about this. So they knew that most of the team were really struggling. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the Dutch game, right? So uh, so uh, the the medical team had a huge task on their hands to get them ready for the German game and they knew that some of them were only just ready to mm. start so, yeah. so we just and then the German team at the yeah. time and also just you know German teams in general over the yeah I mean they were defending world yeah. champions right yeah, exactly they were a fantastic team this so. is also the first tournament they competed on as a unified exactly yeah oh yeah that's yeah. right yes oh yeah we were talking about that earlier right with Summer yeah being uh, East German yeah but um but also, so you also had them, um, which I read that uh, Kim Wilpot missed. He missed the game in France because he had to go back to Denmark because his daughter was suffering from leukemia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he he went because uh, she was on the mend at the time when he left. But then she had sort of a, 
I don't know what the word is in English. Uh, well, she sort of her her um, condition Deterior- deteriorated yeah. again, and then he had to go back for that game, and then it stabilized, and uh, um, and then he came back. Was that uh, sort of rumor says that his daughter actually asked him to go back because she wanted to see him on telly or something like that, mm. you know? Um, and um, yeah, so 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 he was missing that one game, but he came back for came for back the final. For, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and then which was good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and this is this was the backstory then to Denmark's greatest moment in football history, right? Absolutely, the final. Can I just say one last thing about the the semi final? Go say After, you... in in the. An interview after the game, Van Breukelen, the incredibly uh, arrogant Dutch who goalkeeper. Oh, the goalkeeper. Oh. Yeah, Van Breukelen. Yeah. Uh, who even my Dutch friends also tell me that everybody sees him as being really arrogant even to this day. But he said to some reporter afterwards that it was a pity for football that Denmark went through because everybody knew the only ones who could beat the Germans were the Dutch. Mm. Which just made the whole thing even sweeter at the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're getting to... ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't even know who's no, going to win. Who is yeah. in the final? <laughs> who is in the final? Who's yeah. going to win this one? So anyway, we go to the final and it's Denmark against Germany. So Germany had beaten beaten Sweden, the hosts, in the semifinal. Semifinals. And then, okay, and then, the match, and then the match started. And I feel like there was a lot of pressure coming on from the Germans at the beginning, right? I think Jensen says that uh, were the hardest 20 minutes of football we have ever faced. The Germans were all over the pitch and we couldn't get into our play. Yeah. So this is describing the first 20 minutes. Yeah, that's what it looked like as well. Yeah. Do you remember how you were feeling? Yeah, yeah, but uh, again, if we didn't have any expectations at the beginning of the of the tournament we certainly have no expectations against the Germans especially the way that they came out in the first half yeah you know so after about 10 minutes we were already resigned to the fact that this is it you know okay at least I had we've yeah. had our fun and you know we were just uh, we were talking about uh, how long can they hold on and things like that you know so yeah, yeah. there's a big chance I think at the start I think Reuter goes one on one that's what I have. Yeah. yeah I have in my notes so that's, yeah. and that's the first big Schmeichel so Michael stayed, and then yeah. in the 18th minute, Denmark take the lead with with the goal, which is kind of contentious. Well, you thought it was kind of contentious, right? With the foul on the corner flag. Well, I know that was something that was being discussed, <laughs> and I've I've looked at it many times, and I'm to be honest, I don't really I don't really know. Uh, it it's definitely a, a crunching hard, tackle, a, absolutely <laughs> crunching by Kim, Kim Wilbot. Yeah, yeah, and the whether. So the question is, uh, uh, if you know, uh, was it on the ball or was it on the on the bloke? And and I I can't see from I've seen it so many times. I no, it's see. hard to tell with this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm fine with this one. I'll I'll yeah. I'll discuss. Yeah, the con- I'll have some contentions on the next one. 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 But this one, one, I'll 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 give to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, could have, it was quite like uh, quite quite nice. Yeah. So yeah. then after the tackle. Uh, Paulson, 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 So he Fleming picks up the ball and then he puts it inside to uh, Jon Jensen, who scores a brilliant shot. Absolutely. And, and this is his second goal in forty-eight matches, right? 
Yeah, something like so that, he yeah. picked he picked a good time. Yeah. To score. And he's he attempted a lot. Uh, also early early in that game and also in other games and he was just so far from, from I, I, I read it's embarrassing so the football gods were with you that day yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read a story that um, I think Arsenal signed him after this summer and lots of Arsenal fans were very excited because they'd seen him score this goal in the, in the Euros and they thought oh they've got this brilliant like goal scoring midfielder and I think he scored once in like 99 games for yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You used to be able to uh, to buy this T-shirt that said, "I was there when when uh, uh, Jensen scored for Arsenal." So, or for the guys. <laughs> I mean, at least he played ninety nine games. You know, that's quite an achievement. He's doing something right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't goal scoring, but also with this goal, there's the uh, the story that the Danish coach during uh, one of the training sessions before the final. Actually, took him to one side and asked him to look at the the uh, the laces of his shoes when he was going for one of these shots, and that, that's why he kept shooting left, right, and center was because he didn't focus on his laces. What was he focusing on? I don't know, but he told him, "Look at the laces when you're shooting." Okay, on his boots, and then he claims that he, that's what he did, and then he scored the goal. I'll do that the next time. Yeah, yeah. focus when on I that play. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, look at my laces. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you next week how, how yeah, it went. How it <laughs> I have also in my notes that the, this line from the commentator who says, Go till Wafflinger. Yeah, go till Wafflinger. What, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, Wafflinger is uh, waffles. So go, go to Wafflinger. <laughs> it's just a straight, it, it just means, you know, get stuck in. But uh, I don't know. What are the can you like literally? Can you translate it word by word? And then it's go to the waffles. <laughs> go to the waffles. Like, like yeah. when someone scores, you'll just say go to the waffles. No, 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 no. 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 It's like it, it's punching tackle. Get, to, get ah, into that the one. Yeah. Okay. On, get stuck in. You know? mm. uh, but I mean, it, but go to. It's more like uh, yeah, get stuck in. Get stuck in the waffles. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> go to the waffles. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great term. Yeah, so, and then after the goal, Germany have, I mean, most of the possession for the rest of the first half. But there's not too much more from, there's not too much more action in the rest of the first half. Nothing much happens, no. They, I mean, Germany had their fair share of chances before the 18th minute. But then, yeah, it kind of ebbs out a bit. They've got possession, mm. but nothing mm. comes off it. And mm. so, yeah, we, we go into the second half. With a score 1-0 for Denmark. Mm. And then in the second half, it's kind of more of the same. And then in my notes, I have that there's a really good chance for Klinsmann. Mm. He has a like a brilliant, I think I think it's a header, and then Schmeichel tips it over the bar. Yeah, yeah. Making, you know, quite Brilliant a, save from Schmeichel, that one. Making quite a few good saves. But, I mean, I don't think Denmark under too much pressure. Like, I think you can see that Germany are kind of at a higher <coughs> standard better quality maybe higher but they're not they're not creating loads and loads of chances no they know how to play the ball around and that's about it but they're not yeah they're not forcing like the equaliser hmm. yeah, how do you remember were you comfortable won the lead easy uh, no Rocking, not at all Rocking we just open the cold ones we just uh, oh yeah of course it was, <laughs> it was summer <laughs> yeah no but we we were expecting them to to get a go- to equalize, we, we just thought it's a matter of time when they'll equalize. And they had a couple of close calls. There was the Klinsman one, but I think was it also was it Riedle or someone had the one where he's all the way down in the corner saving it, Smigel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I forget. So, uh, 
So there were a couple of uh, close calls. So, uh, so now there was we didn't feel particularly confident that it was in the bag. But then I'm Kim Vilfort came. Yep. Do, do, do you want to describe what he did? Especially like with, with like zooming in on his arms. <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, I forget. The 78th who, minute. I forget who, who uh, makes the pass. Who makes the pass to him? Uh, well, Christensen wins the header on the halfway line. And yeah. then... Um, and then Wilford makes the makes yeah the bounces run. off yeah. to Wilford. Oh right, okay. And then yeah. he kind of tries to control it, and I would argue that you can see very clearly that the ball jumps to his hand, and then he yeah. just continues to play. Yeah, and that's that's the uh, the contended bit. Okay. And the finish is so nice. Let's let's okay, not get yeah, ahead yeah. of it. I, I I agree, but also it yeah, so shouldn't have been eligible. So he's basically running like, between two legitimate, yeah, between Whatever. two and he, German like, plays players between his two feet and then bam, yeah. in the corner. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it bounces but, against his hand. He just continues to play. Everyone else somehow miraculously ends up like in shooting distance from the goal, and then he goes ahead and yeah, it's a nice shot. It's a it's a very nice shot. Yeah. So the question is, uh, the, was there a handball or not? And, and you would uh, you would honestly contend this? I think it was. I, I don't think it's very clear, but I can I don't think that it's uh, fair to say that it was definitely not a handball. But I don't. You, think you, it's a very you don't clear think handball. it is fair to say that it was definitely not a handball? Yeah, I don't. I can't say it was definitely not a handball. Okay. But I can't say. So that, if I say it was definitely a handball, then uh, I must. On, then that, my certainty outweighs your vague statements. On on your head, be it. <laughs> now I don't think it's very clear, but yeah. it could it could have been a, a yeah. handball. Yeah. Actually, my mate earlier today told me that they definitely do not say that. Just say that it was never. A oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you got briefed like by your mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't let the Germans know. <laughs> Yeah, but... I mean, I had this Wembley goal discussion already on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of it's 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 way less important to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah Still, absolutely. I think it was a handball though. Which which yeah. one would you have rather decision would you have rather had? Obviously, the Wembley goal. Okay. Yeah. Like for being counted for Germany. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Because game... it's also like in Germany, like no one ever talks about this handball oh, in the Euro final nineteen ninety two. But Wembley goal, that's a thing. Yeah, like yeah, everyone absolutely. will if you say if you if you tell anyone like about Wembley then they'll immediately associate it with this particular 66. goal yeah I know but as it was Denmark played out and they're pretty yeah like pretty comfortable then for the last yeah from that point on yeah that's that yeah so what was it what was it like being in the country for the few weeks after that was like I mean no imagine nobody working pubs running dry <laughs> I mean how did you celebrate did you did you go out? Yeah, you must have gone out. That was. I mean, <laughs> I mean imagine, imagine like <laughs> I I remember when Germany won this. Like there was a huge party just in front of my door, and then we all went to the Reaper Barn and crowds everywhere. Everyone's like, so I think, excited. I think Ireland stopped for a week when Ireland got to, to the World Cup quarterfinals, so I can't imagine what it would have been. Well, like, it would have been like especially. I mean, as as the underdogs, <laughs> Yannick, take us away. Yes, to well, 1992. Uh, the two of you very well know. I did. <laughs> now the thing is that the, um, uh, obviously in where I grew up things were so uh, calm that everybody was celebrating uh, in their own house in the Danish way <laughs> so me, me and uh, was it very uh, 
Ja, yeah, very hygge. Ja, yeah, så so me and my mate, we uh, decided, let's uh, go and see if uh, things are, there was like a shopping, a little sort of shopping center in town. Let's see if things are kicking off, you know? So we were going up there and there was just no one there. Yeah. And that, But the train station is there, so we were discussing, should we go to Copenhagen yeah. and celebrate there? So we sort of find the coins we have and we could see that we just don't have enough to get two tickets. So we decided not to and we were trying to call mates in the neighborhood if they were home. How far was Copenhagen away? It's uh, like 30 minutes on, on the train. On the train, yeah. okay. And of course we should have just gone. Nobody would check it, tickets <laughs> for that whole week, I guess. Or at least not that day. So we should have gone. Also, that would have been the best reason to get busted for not having yeah, a ticket, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, absolutely. who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week, Yannick. It's been hey, you're a very lot of welcome. fun <laughs> going down memory lane with you and also I think, our certain sort of I think you'll have side to, tracks. I th- yeah, I think you'll have to do quite a lot of editing with all the side tracks. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, maybe. But also, it was nice yeah, it was good. to explore it this way. Yeah. It felt very intuitive. Like we'd go wherever the discussion the would take leads. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, sounds so good. Thanks again for joining us. I hope we'll have you again another time. Uh, sure. Thanks again yeah. for joining us on the podcast, Neil. I'm delighted to be here as always. And a reminder: if you have enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe on social media, either on Facebook or on Twitter, or else subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you want to recommend the podcast to a friend, that would be great too. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcast Network.